Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer, WEEU, and a slew of other stations across the country now. Didn't expect that for this show, but we've got it. Uh, Today we're going to be talking with Tom Coyne, author of a bunch of great books, like a course called Ireland and course called scotland and now a course called america but before we chat with uh tom here i want to thank the folks at ben uh ben hogan golf check out ben hogan golf online uh new club selections and factory direct sales to you at benhogangolf.com and also painted hills natural beef beef the way nature intended all right here's the book we can see it there we go there it is yay Hey, I didn't get this one signed though. I'm going to have to send it to you to sign it. So it is an advanced copy though, Jeff. So you you mustn't you must know somebody. I must know somebody. So straight out of the box, what uh, what possesses you to write these books like Ireland and and Scotland and now a course called America? Yeah, that's a question that um, my wife would like to know the answer to as well because it's it's been. <laughs> It's been a series of pretty wild adventures. Um, I think each has gotten a little bit crazier than the than the last. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely you know there's a theme of obsession that that's running through them that I think you know people can relate to whether they be golfers or grillers or you know whatever yeah. your pastime is. You know, sort of how can you take it to the next level? Where's the next adventure? Uh, and for me, also from a practical perspective. You know, as a writer doing these things, I've I've tried to find adventures that are appealing to the audience and then and that are exciting as well. You know, if I, I can't write a book where or I don't want to write a book where it's just, well, I went out and I I played golf for three weeks in a row and wow, look what that was fun. Um, it, you know, there's gotta be a little meat on the bone and it's gotta feel like something that it, someone would love to do if they only had the sort of time um uh, the the forgiveness of, of that my wife provides me all those sorts of things those, those vital ingredients and if those come together for you what can happen and and you know I, I I'm able to do that and live those adventures so um, and also what compels me to keep doing them is that people have been very generous and that they go out and get them and they read them and 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 it's afforded me the chance to do the next one you know in publishing and and this sure. writing business you're only as good as your last book so. Yeah. So it's worked out so far. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the process, Tom. <clears throat> um, in, you know, I've read all three of those books and you kind of go and go and go and go and you're 
here, get up one morning and I'll just take Oregon because you're kind of fond of us out here for some right. reason. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you wake up at Bandon Dunes, you you drive, uh, you know, four and a half hours north to Gearhart, And then all of a sudden, and I don't have this in the right order, but all of a sudden you're over in the Columbia River Gorge and you're, uh, you know, playing at uh, Edgefield over there or one of those when do you actually take time to sit down and either write out your notes or draft a page or two so that you can pick up on it when you actually have time to sit down and start writing yeah that's a, a good question and I could have written I could have written a whole book about golf in Oregon I mean the adventures that you can have the variety of golf um and gosh, the variety of landscapes too. I mean, driving across Oregon was, I did it pretty early on in the story and it was a great, it was a great signal of sort of things that, 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 that were coming, uh, you know, in terms of the variety of, of what American geography is like. Cause I mean, sure. I went through a, I went through a desert, I went through a forest, I went through, um, I went through mountains, I went through plains. I felt like I, I was in all these different ecos. And then I was, a, a, you know, driving along cliff tops along the ocean and, so these wonderful different ecosystems and and the golf that goes with them in Oregon is just it's exceptional. I rank it really really highly in the book. But those drives are are really where I got a lot of work done from a practical perspective. When I did, you know, in Ireland, I had time in the afternoons. I, I would walk a lot, and and it was a slower trip, and and I mm -hmm. would sort of journal in a handwritten journal. Um, I would write every day in that um, in the pub in the afternoon or whatever. Uh, Scotland, I would write on my, I'd had a laptop with me, so I'd write in the evening. Um, but the America adventure is, is quite a bit more exhausting and I'm taking on way more miles and golf courses. So I came up with this, you know, I said, well, I need to sort of be dictating. I need to be doing writing every day and taking notes, but it's going to be very difficult. Uh, the exhaustion factor. So I had all this empty time on my hands between golf courses. Like you said, at the end of every day, whether it be driving out to Sylvie's Valley ranch or whatever, like I, I was probably spending three hours in the car, if not more. Right. So I put those to use and I would dictate into my phone and I would, you know, use voice to text. And suddenly I'd have, you know, five pages of notes from what had happened that day. Sure. Um, and then I could just download those into a word file. And so I ended up when I finished the trip, I had about 500 pages, single spaced of just of notes. Which wow. Was pretty outrageous. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I, and those are just really for fact checking and making sure, you know, to remember what happened, where, and sort of chronologies and things like that. I think that the stories that are, that I can tell without having to look at notes uh, those mm -hmm. are the stories that end up in the book. Well, um, not to get off in the weeds, so to speak, but Oregon's a really kind of different place. You know, when when I've traveled extensively like you have, and when people find out you're from Oregon, they, oh, the really green, pretty forests and all that. <laughs> that's, that's actually only about a 100-mile strip from the coast to the Cascade Mountains. Now we've got trees in the rest of the state, of course, but that really dense forest is that strip right there. And then the rest of it's a form of desert one way or another. Yeah. And, and people don't, I don't think they realize that about Oregon. It's uh, it, like you were talking, it's a lot of diverse ecosystems out here. 
It's and, amazing. Yeah, it's a real interesting, interesting place. Um, <clears throat> when you're doing this, when you're when you're going to go on one of these trips for one of your books, Tom, what's your warm-up research to that? I mean, you obviously can find golf courses. All you've got to do is Google them. But how do you how do they make the cut? To where you say this looks interesting i mean bandon dunes is in a class by itself okay i'll you know i'll i'll mm -hmm. grant everybody that because it is but and gearheart's kind of an interesting story but sylvie's that's way out of the way um there's one you miss though the next time you come out i'll take you to it it's over in a little town called fossil and it's called kinzu it's the only pga rated six hole golf course out here Oh, I would love to do that. Yeah. And you got to putt over some elk tracks and stuff, but that's kind of fun anyway. But uh, <laughs> yeah, how do you how do you do your research to say, OK, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. And then sometimes I've noticed you, you take a little side trip and you go, I'll go yeah. over here for, uh, you know, a half a day and see if I can get on. Yeah. Trying to come up with an itinerary and a course list was really the work of this. Um, it was about a year worth of work when, well, you know, the travel itself was about eight months. So. Um, trying to you know I, I initially sort of crowdsource suggestions from the internet you know what's the best the course in your state that's most representative of golf in your area you sure know, people emailing me ideas and i wanted it to be this broad spectrum to get the widest view of golf in america because i'm really out there looking for like this great american golf course so is it going to be a private is it going to be public is it a muni is it going to be a desert course or a, a tree line course or a linksy course or a high course or a low yeah. course i didn't know so i was trying to capture as wide of a picture as i could so i relied on people people's suggestions mostly and then i'd put them into a spreadsheet and here in my office you know i'd have three screens going i'd have a calendar and a <laughs> and a and a spreadsheet and a map and i yeah. would sort of like try to piece together days golf days um you know i used every i wanted to play every u.s open venue because i felt like okay they might be representative of a great american the great american golf course sure and that helped that gave me tent poles but really you know that was most you know most of those are, are in and around chicago or the east coast so right that left a lot of um a lot of country to be explored so particularly like with you know with say with oregon i mean yes I had to go see Band and Dunes. I'd been there before, but I wanted to selfishly see it again. Hey, we're going to take a break here on Grilling It's Green. We're going to be back with Tom, Tom Coyne, uh, his new book. Uh, it's been out for a while now, but it's still new to most people. Of course, called America. Right after this, please stay with us. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm Jeff Tracy, along with Tom Coyne today. His new book, of course, called America. Uh, it's a great read. Um, a <laughs> This is a joke between me and Tom, but I read this book so long ago that I almost had to reread it before we did this interview. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeff, getting Jeff and our schedule, getting our schedules together was it very, it, it felt like trying to put together the itinerary for the trip again. Yeah. Not easy, right? Yeah, it was tough, but we got it done. We got it done. So, you do, uh, 
you have your own rating system in the book and some of the Oregon courses rate very high in some of your categories. And we'll get to that a little bit later, but how do you come up with your rating systems? I mean, you even, you grade the hot dogs, you know what I mean? So what, how do you do that? It's very, very scientific. There's a lot of, lot of metrics and study. um, How many mustard packets they give you or what? (laughs) Yeah. A lot of, a lot goes into that. So no, that's in the back of the book. I used the, the, the burger dog scale, which, um, is appropriate on a grilling network, a grilling show to discuss sure. because the burger dog is the was ended up being my favorite golf snack, my golf food, <laughs> golf yeah. on a on a golf course. I mean, there were right as I traveled, I sampled culinary delights of each region and area, but on course, the burger dog at Olympic in San Francisco is is sort of legendary, and I thought you know it can't possibly live up to the hype. Um, it's just meat shaped like a hot dog, right? It's a, it's, it's yeah. a ground beef. It's a tube of ground beef rather than a patty, but it is, it is something to behold. Uh, it, it, it exceeded the hype. And so I use the burger dog scale in the back a one to four burger dogs. My excitement of, you know, how excited I'd be about getting to eat a burger dog. I tried to quantify that and say, all right, how many burger dogs does each course deserve in terms of the excitement I'd have about going to play them. So, I mean, there are very definitely, you know, when course raiders go out and decide what courses are in the top hundred list or what's the mm-hmm. best in each state, you know, they do use real metrics and try to quantify that. Um, and there's various different categories that courses get, get rated upon. For me, it comes, just comes down to this sort of gut feeling of excitement in terms of, all right, how excited would I be if you told me that I was getting to play at Band and Dunes tomorrow um, or at Gerhardt tomorrow uh, or at Sylvie's or wherever? Um, and, you know, would I cancel a flight and change all my plans just for that opportunity? Would I maybe try to move some things around on the calendar? Would I not really bother? Because, you know, I've been there and it was nice, but I'm not itching to go back. Right. I mean, when someone says like, hey, you know, Jeff, we're, we're going to go play Bandon tomorrow. Like there's a, you know, how many butterflies did you get in your stomach? You know, that's that's kind of that. I try to just rely, you know, let my emotions kind of decide, OK, which courses do I just get more excited about? Because that takes into account maybe the whole picture of the experience, which for me is always a, a, a lot more than the golf holes themselves. No, that, that's reasonable. So the next question coming from a grilling guy is, did you ever circle back and do uh, two dog burgers or anything like that? And I, I wish I wish <laughs> I went back for the double burger dog, but we played the Olympic later in the day. And this was at this point in the trip, California was was towards the end. Um, yeah. So I'd seen a lot of golf. I was, I was ready to wrap it up. I was most excited. The thing I was most excited about at Olympic, not all the major championships they'd hosted, but I was most excited about the burger dog. And when we got to like the eighth hole, when you call in, all right, we're, we're coming to get burger dogs at the turn. There were two left on the grill for our foursome. And uh, thankfully they let the new guy get one of them, but I would have <laughs> stayed and had two to three dogs, burger dogs. Um, Cause I mean, there's a whole story like that that's made they're made by this family who aren't actually 
part of Olympic. They were kind of outside the gates and Olympic invited them to come in to, to, to be the halfway house and, and right. they have, you can get them elsewhere. So it's, it's, it's much more than just, um, you know, that Olympic decided to, uh, you know, to, to make burger dogs, uh, burger dogs on their own. Yeah. It's got a whole history to it. And, um, and it's just a, it's just delicious. Well, there you go. So looking at the wall behind you, you've got some great golf stuff there, mm-hmm. but what we love about daddy, how tough is that to be away from your kids for the stretches that you are? I know when I was traveling a lot, um, that was the toughest part being away from my daughter. No doubt about it. Yeah. That poster that gave me, um, that hangs here behind me, the, um, that, that was the, the hardest thing by far. And it's probably, and it's probably why, you know, this is the end of the trilogy, the yeah. travel trilogy. You know, I did Ireland, Scotland, and America, but the only th- thing about doing America and why I was able to do it for so long, you know, I was able to come back and forth more easily um, than, I, than I had been, obviously, in Scotland and Ireland. Those were shorter trips, but I couldn't just jump on a plane and get back. But when I say was, you know, going to go spend, you know, a week in Boston, I, I could get home if I needed to. And there were a few times when I needed to to get home. I generally tried to do like two or three weeks on the road and then get back uh, for at least the, at least the three day break or something, uh, you know, from the travel. And they were able to come join me a few times. They joined me um, uh, out at Big Cedar Lodge in, in Branson, Missouri, uh, which is a great spot um in florida they came down so there was there was some family time here and there but it's tough i'm not gonna that that by far you know when you're in another hotel and um and you're not playing it's 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 difficult once i got on the golf course and i could focus on that and then i'm doing my thing i'm like okay but yeah by far that time away is precious and so um you know, it's a family adventure at the end of the day. It's been exciting since then, you know, the book's done well and it's been fun for all of us to, to celebrate it and do a lot of events and and meet a lot of cool people in the process. So, um, you know, my kids get to, we get to do some cool stuff and, and that they might not otherwise. Um, right. But it's not all, it's not all, um, not all as glorious as, as one might, one might think. Uh, we are going to take another break here real quick on Grilling It's Green. We're going to be back with Tom Coyne, his new book right here, a course called America. Can you see that? I guess they can see that now. There's his name right there. If you I can see it. it. There you it's go. Beautiful. There it is. Uh, and we'll be back. And I'm going to ask him a couple of really pertinent questions about one, what does his wife think about all this silliness? And two, the sweatshirt he has on. So we'll be back in just a minute. Don't go away. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of grilling at the green grilling at the green is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef welcome back to grilling at the green here on AM860, The Answer, WEEU, and a slew of other stations around. New affiliate down in Texas. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef uh, and also the folks at Birdie Ball. Do you need me- meaningful practice at home on your golf? Yes. 
I do. Birdie Ball's award-winning products are just what you need. Find out more about Birdie Ball and how you can help practice every part of your game at birdieball.com. And they have a special rate for us here at Grilling at the Green for your purchases. So there you go. Um, talking with Tom Coyne and, of course, called America. You refer to your wife. I believe her name is Allison a lot and putting up with a lot with you. Do you ever come home and she's got like the old stereotype picture of the rolling pin on her shoulder? Um you got to get your attention for being gone so long. No, no, there was usually uh, uh, St. Allison, as, as we call her. No, there's um, usually very obviously, you know, excited that I'm home. Uh, yeah. um, so great. Always a great reception. Um, followed pretty quickly, though, by, by a list of things to do. Usually um, most of them having uh, involving changing light bulbs. I, I realized yeah. that in, in my house, that's, that's really all I'm necessary for, um, <laughs> which is important <laughs> at the end of the day, because if it wasn't for me, everyone would be here sitting in the dark. So, so that is valuable, but, uh, not totally essential. Yeah. Life had, did go on without dad. Um, but no, there would be a list of, and, 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 you know, I would come home from some stretches. I mean, one time I came back from, you know, from Fairbanks, Alaska, you know, to Philadelphia, flying straight through and, you know, get here and, you know, I'm, I'm so tired I could collapse, but uh, it wasn't a good time to sort of explain like how tired I am. Right. Uh, or I need a break, you know, right. <laughs> like, no. I don't want to hear that you need a break um, or, you know, but no, Allison's support and is the key to all the stories. And I hope that comes through in, you know, in the, in the books as well, that, that she's really the, the hero of all this. And, um, we know when I do speaking events, people ask about her and if I'm still married and yes, yes, I am. <laughs> and does she have a sister and all that, all that good stuff. Um, but I mean, you know, it's, I've been like this since, since, you know, before we were married, you know, doing paper tiger where I played 550 days in a row and, and then Ireland where I walked the coast of the country and Scotland where I play over links in Scotland. So it's, it's not like she's not accustomed to it. I'm, I'm sure she's relieved that I'm not going to be doing anything quite like america again um and i'm inter very interested in doing some stories that i can write from right where we're speaking right now jeff right from this yeah yes yeah so that that will be that will be nice yeah that's a good thing and yeah. uh i think when i retired from my other line of work my wife kind of went okay you know there was just that little breath that little pause sure. in the conversation and uh similar stories don't want to jump into that too much but I met my wife in, in January of 1989. I, it was actually my birthday, which is in the middle of January. And I left uh, the first week of February and I really didn't come back for four months. And then I was home for a week and then I left again for three months. And it kind of went like that for a couple of years. And then one day when I came home from Australia and she was still there, I said, this, this is a good woman. I think I should make this permanent, you know, <laughs> because she can put up with me. Um, sure. The best course you found that you were not aware of prior to writing a course called America. Mm. Sheesh. I'll tell you. Um, I mean, that's, there's so many. The, uh, that was really the, the gift of the trip was that everywhere I went, I found something that i didn't expect um yeah. and you know as if i think of a state i can just sort of another course kind of pops into my head where 
wow, I didn't know that was there. You know, when it comes to Oregon, the, the magic of what Dan Hickson did at Sylvie's Valley, that reversible golf course, I right. think is, is absolutely genius. And I, I would have never, I, I mean, I would have liked to think someday I'd get to Eastern Oregon, but of the places on my list to go, it would have been, it would have been not terribly high had it not been for this sure venture. So very grateful for that. Um, but I mean, up in Maine, you know, I thought, you know, Northeast Harbor was, is such a special place. Equinox in, or sorry, Aquanic in Vermont, Walter Travis golf course absolutely blew my mind. St. Louis country club in Missouri is so unbelievably good. Um, I absolutely love that. Uh, in the forest dunes has another in Michigan has a reversible golf course called the loop by Tom Doak, um, that just captured, I just fell in love with that as well. Um, and then gosh, uh, yeah, I probably name one in every state, so I won't bore, bore your no. listeners, but, um, you know, that was the real, like I said, I mean, that was the, the gift of doing this that, and one of the reasons I wanted to do this is, is I gotten so into golf in Scotland and Ireland. And I knew golf over there much better than I did in my own country. And I sort of dismissed American golf as like a pale imitation of right. true Lynx golf. And when I say Lynx golf, I mean in the dunes, along the sea, you know, where golf began, that whole experience that is still very unique and wonderful and, 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 and unique to the British Isles. Um, you know, Bandon Dunes is a Lynxy experience, but it's, it's, it's Oregon and Mike Kaiser's Lynx experience. You know, right. it feels like Bandon and that's awesome. And that's what it should be. Yeah. Um, so, but it was great to travel and find out that golf in America was as full of surprises, even more special because of the variety and because of, uh, you know, that you could still wander and find places um, that were just extraordinarily good and no one had ever told you about them before. Uh, that That's a great, you know, there are a lot of those in the book. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, a, you know, the great reward of doing this. I think, and this is my little <clears throat> editorial insertion here, but I think that sometimes we look at like the Golf Digest top 100 courses and <clears throat> they're all great courses. There's no doubt they didn't make it. But sometimes I think these little gems like you found in, in your book, they get overlooked. Um you know, because that, well, they just do, you yeah. know, and, and they may not have, you know, a, a 3000 membership role or something like that. They may have no memberships. They may be a muni. They may be one that you play on an honor system. You go put 10 bucks in a box and go tee off. Um, we actually have some of those around where I live, but uh, sometimes I think that we don't do enough deep diving as the term is these days. Absolutely. I mean, we, we are very, and that's why this book, you know, when I started talking about doing a golf in America book, people were asked, Ooh, do the top hundred, do this. And this, this is not going to be a top hundred book. Um, yeah. and not no offense to anyone who's done that or is doing that. I think the lists are fun for debate and they're fun for people to check things off and, you know, it gives sure. you a goal or I, I think they work on a, a lot of different levels, but one way they, they don't work is that they do so many golf courses, We'll never have the cachet um, or, you know, the accessibility or whatever it is uh, or the right. location, you know, to, to get on those lists that that to you, you know, maybe they don't have the architectural significance or they don't have, uh, you know, whatever those raters are looking for. But to you are just a great, great day. 
And so it was fun to be able to go out and find some of those places. I'm looking in the back of the book now to remind myself what some of them were. Uh, but places like, you know, Aiken Golf Club in South Carolina is such an incredible place. Gibson Island in, you know, down in um, down in the Chesapeake area in Maryland is a is a, you know, a, a McDonald nine hole golf, CB McDonald nine hole golf course. That is just an absolute blast. Um, San Felipe Springs in Texas. I absolutely loved everything about yeah. that. It's this course on the Western border of Texas. Um, those are just great days in golf and they're not ever going to show up on a, and, and, you know, golf digest and golf week graders aren't going to not going to go there. No. Um, you know, and that, that's okay. Um, you gotta, they can't play a thousand courses a year. They've got to pick places that, one that they want to play to, you know, it costs money to be a Raider. If people didn't know that you actually pay to be a Raider. And then because you're a Raider, you are, the theory is you're given access to go play, you know, really good golf courses. So yeah, you, you end up playing the places that are on your list that you want to cross <laughs> off, which tend to be in the top hundred in America. So yeah, it comes a sort of self-perpetuating sort of. Oh situation. yeah. Oh yeah. We talked about the, um, uh the food like at olympic and stuff did you come across any food that you went eh not good you don't have to name uh, the name of the course but just maybe a dish or something you tried and yeah that's not very good let's see food that didn't underwhelming food i ate so i was either eating at the courses which was always pretty great right uh or i was eating like a lot of fast food which was not terribly was never terribly good um some you know hit or miss right uh a lot of hotel pizza stuff like that so i can only really remember the good meals to be honest with you those That's... are the ones that end up in the book okay we're going to take a break we're going to come back with tom coin we're going to finish up the show and i think i can con tom into sticking around for a little bit for after hours you're listening to grilling at the green we'll be right back hi everybody it's jt and this is a special version of grilling at the green Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. We're talking with Tom Coyne today. His new book, of course, called America. I'll give it one more little highlight here. If you can see that. Yeah, there you go. Um, beautiful cover. It is a beautiful cover. <laughs> I, uh, you, you say that number, Oregon is number three in your best golf states. Pretty okay. good. Yeah. And I think that's great. And your favorites, uh, you kind of rated in there were Sylvie's and Gearhart's and then the resorts abandoned trails and all that stuff. And Shorty's banded. Did you play the sheep branch down there? I can't remember if it was in the sheep branch here. wasn't. So it was. I guess in its transition, right? It wasn't um it wasn't the core Crenshaw sheep branch yet. Uh I think it I probably could have gotten to see it as the the former um you know field that it that it was, but I never I never got up there. So and then we were supposed to go out for the opening of the sheep branch and that got COVID stuck here in Philadelphia. So I've not yet seen it. I need to get back to to Bandon. That is high on the list of uh places to get back to now that I'm bouncing around again. Well, let me know when you um, come. The thing about the Kinzu course, you have to play it in the summer because okay. there'll be it'll be it'll be a foot of snow on there in about two weeks, <laughs> and it won't come off because it's way up in the hills, um, outside of a little town called Fossil. And the backstory on that, real quick, Tom, is it was a golf course put in by the people that owned the local 
lumber mill. They actually built a little town there. Okay. And there was a big sawmill up there. And then when they stopped logging in that area, they dismantled the town. They sold the mill and everything else to another company, moved it to another city in Oregon, but they left the golf course. Huh. So that's it. And um, it's, it's kind of I'm, interesting. I'm putting that down on my ideas. What's how do you spell it? Kinzu K K I N Z U A Kinzu. Wow. I'm putting that down on my good ideas for our, the golfers journal for whom I write. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty cool story. Actually, It is kind of fun. It's, it's really fun. And like I said, yeah. you, you might see elk on it one day or deer or what all kinds of wildlife over there. What part of the state is it in again? Like if I went into, do I go into Portland or how do I get there? You would go to Portland and then go east on 84, go up to a place called Biggs Junction, which is about 19 miles from the Dalles. And you take a ride on um, Biggs Junction, head down into the, the valleys there. Then you head off towards a little town called Condon and follow the road down to Fossil. And then from Fossil, you go out of town a couple, three miles and there's Kinzu. And you can drive up on the hill and you can see where the old mill was and the houses were. Nothing's there now, but it's fenced off. And then you kind of hang a left and go down into the golf course. Wow. There's not, I mean, that was another revelation. Oregon is large. I thought I was from a big state, Pennsylvania, but I yeah. mean, Pennsylvania's got nothing on Oregon. Now, some of the longest drives of my life. <laughs> it's, well, when you think about it, it's north to south, it's, what 320 miles north to south and east to west it's a little more than that yeah so whatever the math is around. on that you know it's it's huge um i, I the other question i was going to have ask you was when is your wife going to nail your feet to the floor but i think we already already <laughs> answered that but in the the way you do this, I find really interesting because you actually get to play with people that have communicated with you. Some of them you already know, but sometimes people will send you an email that have been a reader, uh, read one of your books, and you'll say, hey, I'm going to be at X course on July 3rd, mm -hmm. and they show up and they want to play with you. It's I crazy. Think, yeah. That was the best part of this trip for me was, you know, the, the stories always have to be about people. So I had to find ways to sort of populate these kind of sometimes lonely travel experiences with, right. with people. And in Ireland and Scotland, it would be locals or I'd have friends come over because, you know, to get and actually in Scotland, some strangers did, which was great for the story. But um, it being here in America and at this, this point, having a larger sort of social media presence, I was able to just sort of say on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, hey, I'm going to be at, you know, old works in Montana tomorrow. Um I've got room for three golfers in my foursome who wants to come out. And I, you know, five people would show up and that, that was crazy to me. It was awesome. Um, and that really made the story. I, I think the other books were very much like I adventures, you know, they were right. about me. Will I survive it? Will I make it? But this was like a, we story. This was a, this was about the, the people that came into my life and that, you know, shared time with me because we were, we're and not, not cause I'm famous because I'm not, I, but because we're golf crazy. Right. Um, because right. we relate to each other on that level. There's something that we were willing to drop everything in the middle of a Tuesday to go out and do with other strangers because we know pretty quickly we're not going to be strangers. And that's that's pretty great.
There you go. Uh, Tom's going to stick around, I think, for a few minutes for after hours. That's going to wrap it up for the regular show. Tom's new book, A Course Called America. Here, I'll give you one more little thing there. Jeff, uh, thanks so much. You're welcome. Uh, we'll be back. Take care, everybody. Have a good holiday. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.